In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World. This is episode 33. Uh, Andrew and Jerry remember 9-11. This is not going to be really an upbeat episode, uh, obviously. Uh, though I, I think there are things that we can celebrate about America uh, later on. Um, y- y- we're going to talk about, about 9-11 and our, and our remembrances there because we got a lot to a lot to talk about sure um but i i want to start with uh, i want to start with this uh before we get to that uh stunning news at the end of the week uh that uh the queen elizabeth the second uh passed away uh and lots of lots of mixed emotions and i and i will i i you know i know you'll get to your own your own mixed emotions here jerry um you know obviously i'm not irish uh, but I have a great affinity for the Irish people and the Irish-British conflict, um, and and so you know, and I'm obviously not a monarchist. Uh, nevertheless, I was uh, moved in, in many respects by the sort of immediate reactions of people in Great Britain yesterday um, uh, from the announcement on the BBC, which got me all kinds of choked up to uh, people outside of Buckingham Palace spontaneously singing God save the king but but um let's let's sort of let's sort of unpack this I mean you and I are not going to go down the road of the professor did you see the tweets from this professor at I, 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 I didn't see her tweets uh, yeah. by the way I'm Jerry Rogers that's oh, either Langer yeah no there um, you go. I jumped right I, into I, it today. I, I did not read the tweets because why waste uh time energy? on someone else's uh, idiotic hatefulness. Um, you know, there, there's a good lesson here. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I, I got sucked into that today, but we'll get to that in a second. Go ahead. There's a, a, a valuable lesson here in, in terms of um, when someone passes away. Number one, I, I do believe in the, uh, in the, the truism uh, that don't speak ill of the dead. Yes especially a day or two or three or a week after, uh, number one. Number two, uh, everyone, everyone understands that life is complicated. My life is complicated, and I'm not a uh, head of state. Right. I'm not a monarch. And she lived, Queen Elizabeth lived in complicated times. Uh, but you have to be careful on how you judge her. This is, this right. is always the problem here, right? Uh, you know, we can no longer appreciate, value, venerate Thomas Jefferson uh, because uh, he doesn't he doesn't live up to uh, the woke the wokeism of the 21st century. Let me let me let me jump in here, Jerry, because there's a piece written by our our friend and colleague uh, Quinn Hillier, who's a a, a journalist. Sure. He's just done a, an outstanding expose of the efforts to undo James Madison's legacy. Sure, by the fuck. It's up at up at the Washington Examiner right now. We published it late last week. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But again, part of me, this is my thinking on yeah. on the passing of, of the Queen. And again, um, her life, uh, her her, I'm not sure is rule her reign uh, was over a complicated uh, history. I mean, this is this is a woman who 
uh, was the, the head of state, right, for yeah. uh, for what seventy years plus years, and, yeah. and think about the cultural changes. We'll get into that, but another oh, thing yeah. too, uh, I, I want to uh, 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 mention here, and that is uh, another truism about death, and that is the living owe an obligation to the dead. Uh, this is why uh, if a friend, uh, his or her grandmother passes away, someone you might have never met, it's why you offer condolences. Yes. It's why you might attend the wake. It's why right. you might offer up a mass card. It's because we, the living ha- have an obli- we have an obligation to the dead. And I think, again, this professor and others who would just go right to negative I think it's evidence of our cultural decay. And I think, again, in light of the queen passing, think about, I said this to you yesterday and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll respond. I said to you yesterday, uh, if you were a, uh, a, a, a British citizen, an Englishman in 1956 and 1961, uh, you would not recognize the right. West today. Uh, C.S. Lewis, we mentioned C.S. Lewis, I, I did to you yesterday. If you know, C.S. Lewis was writing in the 1940s about how uh, the West has lost its way. Now, think about where we are today. And I think that's, for me, what I'm reflecting on, how the world has changed for the negative, how culture has changed for the negative uh, over the past 70 years. And I, 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 I want to I delve more deeply into that, Jerry, because I think it's important. I, I, I want to sort of touch on this other, this other obligation that we have, right? It would be one thing if Queen Elizabeth were an evil person and had engaged in evil things, right? If she were a dictator on par with, I, I wanna, won't even Pol go- Pot. Pol Pot. I think that's a good Pol Pot or one of <laughs> the Kims in North Korea or Castro or, right. or, or whomever- Right. Stalin. Um, but but, you know, on the other hand, she was the the queen of England. And you can debate sort of what the role that the queen or the monarch of England has in directing actual policies of, of England. Set, set all of that aside for a moment. But the reality is and this gets into what you were just talking about, which is this issue of the obligation that we owe the dead um, and the obligation that we owe each other. And the humanity that we owe each other, which is to say that, you know, you you offer up condolences in memory of the dead, but also as an offering of support to those who are who are bereaved, to those who are truly sad about all of this. Um, now, I, I listen, as I said, I don't know what role um, uh, the queen could have had in, say, solving the Irish, uh, solving the Northern Ireland question. I don't I don't know. Um, but I, I do know that that we can set aside, at least for the moment, um, uh, the 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 animosity uh, or the hatred. And, and I want to the reason why I chuckled is because I, I did get sucked in. Um, you know, there's a um, we have we you and I have colleagues in, in media. You and I are fortunate um, in that given our, our experiences on the radio. Yeah, we've had people who have not liked us. Uh, we've had people who have savaged us on the text lines. We've both received, at least I don't know about you, I've received hate mail. Um, but there is one of our colleagues in radio has a relentless uh, uh, critic on, on Twitter. And this person has wrote me into this on occasion. But this person put out, um, um, uh, this, this person put out a, a picture 
which purports to be a picture of Queen Elizabeth shaking hands with Hitler. And I looked at this and I'm like, no. I mean, it, it's so obvious that 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 this is that this is not true. That in point of fact, it was the Queen's aunt Wallace Simpson, which is a whole complicated chapter in in British history. Um, uh, the the role of King Edward, who later abdicated the throne, and Wallace Simpson, and and their ties to to Nazism. But the point is, in the end. I got drawn in, which I probably shouldn't have done, but it's also, it's like, you know, something maybe just maybe you, you wait a little bit, as Jerry said, a day, two days, a week uh, before you start uh, um, um, uh, creating falsehoods about well, someone's legacy. And, and, and here's the thing. And, and, and again, this goes to our culture. Now. Yes, this is, yes, this uh, is gets into the culture. It's about immediate gratification. It's about, uh, uh, more. Our culture now is about more, right? More power. Uh, Joe Biden, President Biden, uh, has spent his first two years in office uh, obfuscating, conf uh, uh, confusing uh, the American people, lying to the American people, uh, uh, usurping power. Why? Because the Democrats want more power. Right. Everything's about more more we want more money we want more consumerism we want more power uh, and i and i think these uh, and we want we want more gratification immediately and here's the thing about about the british empire about the history of the english people it's troubled and it's complicated sure. but it's also but it's also uh, glorious uh, and important and and again this is this is the uh, the nuance it's, it's ironic right because people used to complain uh, that the uh, the right never understood Barack Obama, that he was or John Kerry. Uh, you know, John Kerry's position is nuanced here. Uh, and again, the left, the progressives, the woke have just forgotten the idea of nuance on how to uh, how two things can be uh, can be uh, true at the same time. Sure. Uh, the, the, the United Kingdom, its relationship with Ireland, uh, has been has been uh, uh, has been troubled to say the least. It's been worse than troubled, uh, but it's also been complicated. There's all there's been high points and low points. But you don't judge a nation, uh, a, a nation that is uh, what a thousand years old. Yeah, that's right. A thousand uh, years old. You know, uh, by by bits and pieces of history, it's it's in it's in total. And I think the same is true for again uh, for critics of American history. Uh, you, you have the 1619 project, you have critical race theory, you have uh, the, the emergence now of, of, of identity politics and gender identity, uh, where, where literally the, the woke progressive left wants to undo America. America is this hateful place founded on slavery. Never mind that historically it's not true, uh, uh, but we do have a troubled history, the, the United States, with slavery, with racism, with Jim Crow. But it doesn't undo the greatness of America. Right. And that's the problem. This is the problem with looking at a life, a complicated life about, uh, like, uh, like Queen Elizabeth. This is what I'll say. Um, I'll say this. I, I'll say that she was a woman of, of, of deep and personal faith. Uh, she talked uh, about prayer. Uh, she talked about her reliance upon her Savior. Uh, I, I admire that. I admire her faith. And secondly, I'm not sure if there's a better example of, of, of commitment to duty. Yes, that's where I was going to go with this. Yeah. Commitment to service. And again, you take those two things, 
her, her, her dedication to country, her, de her dedication to duty, her faith. And I think uh, that, uh, that her, her obit should be uh, more positive than negative. No, without a doubt. I mean, it's it's you know, it's it's one of those things. We've talked about this. You know, I've talked about this with uh, with uh, uh, Clay Jenkinson, who is one of the nation's uh, foremost Thomas Jefferson scholars, um, and and he he was someone who talks about the whole man theory, which is you look at people's lives and you look at the things that they balance and the choices that they've made and sort of how they've acted. And again, right, all of us. You you open this up by saying none of us is perfect. We all have our struggles. We all have our challenges, um, and it is it is a you know a matter of of how we live our lives uh, on on balance to, to say the least. Um, so you know it, it's it it is it is a, a situation where you know, I think you're absolutely correct. There's the issue of instant gratification, um, and part and parcel of this is the concept of the hot take. Yes, right, and I well, and that, I, again that's that's part of our. That's part of our, our problem, right? Yes. Uh, it's our problem with our media. The media wants to be loud and first as, yes. as, as, as opposed and, to and deliberate and right. It's just not just the media, right? I mean, it also gets into our, our you know, the, the, way, the way that, not that we need to go down the whole road of talking about social media. This really, I think this gets into, and I apologize, guys. Uh, I've been, um, I got a little bit of scratchiness in my voice. Um, I, I hopefully will not end this show by sounding like Danny Bonaducci, which I really was sounding like yesterday. Um, but you know, this, this issue of, of culture and how things get rewarded um, and the skewed results, right? we've talked about this in, in other aspects, you know, when you sort of view things through one prism, you get skewed results. And so we now have a culture in which the most prominent advocates are the ones who have, like the ones who get noticed are the ones who have the hottest takes, the quickest. And it's not even whether or not they're accurate, uh, but whether or not they are thoughtful and add to the discourse is, is the whole other issue. Uh, you know, you, you think about this, and I'm, I'm someone, do you ever go and look at uh, the website Twitchy, Jerry? Sure. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, Twitchy is a website which sort of, they their their marketing is to look at the sort of the hot takes, right? Someone says something stupid and then here are all of the responses, the hot takes in response to that right. stupid thing that someone said. And I, I will admit that there is a certain entertainment value. But on the other hand, you know, I, I am not someone who is going to take someone, you know, seriously. You know, you know one of the great problems I think we have in punditry now um, is, that, is that, you know, the folks who are appearing on, the various talking head shows on the, you know, whether it's CNN or Fox or MSNBC uh, are, are the folks who are there. They, these news outlets want to have on the folks who are going to have the greatest social media presence because that social media presence will drive viewership. But that social media presence is driven by someone who says the most outrageous and outlandish thing in order to generate the most eyes on their, uh, sure. See, we're, we're but again, but it goes, it goes, and, and this fits in. This fits yeah. in with the uh, the passing of Queen Elizabeth. In that, um, if you look at Western civilization, I think, or or even the history of the world, I think there is a uh, there there. I think there are three eras. I think there is uh, pre-Christian. I think there's Christian, and I think there's post-Christian. 
Um, we're in a post-Christian era now. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, again, uh, Christian doesn't mean that cultures were uh, based upon the, the, the Christian Bible, but there, but the Western civilization, the, 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 um, the influence of the church, sure. there's a reason why democracy developed, uh, uh, why philosophy and learning the, uh, the, the enlightenment, there's a reason yeah. why uh, it happened in the West. It, it's because of the influence of the church. Um, but I'll say this though. Uh, I think the, uh, the, the post church era began right around the time uh, when Queen Elizabeth uh, took took her reign, uh, I think if you look at the uh, the 1950s, really was the end. Uh, we and in fact, it, it had a lot to do with World War II, right? Not to be too esoteric oh, here. I but, thought you were going to make a make a comment that had to do with jazz. Well, I mean, but but but, but this is. Let me yeah. say this: the um, after World War II, we had all these factories. We had all these men coming back from war. Uh, we had we had created this 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 economic machine that produced tanks and ships and and bullets. And there had to be a shift. And what happened was the American culture, Western culture, shifted from a needs based economy uh, to a desire based economy. And and that's when you that's this is when things change. This is when it was more about uh, the in uh, the uh, uh, more about uh, my desire. Sure. Not, and, and, and this sort of thing. But again, I, I think it bleeds over or bleeds into everything else, academia, media, punditry, uh, and you name it. Well, uh, it gets it gets refined over time, Jerry. I mean, that's the thing. And and there was my dog is about to is about to go uh, uh, ape ape dung crazy. Um, I think, think, think again, think about education, right? This kind of uh, it's all about me. Uh, ethos, which our culture is engaged, you know, is engaged in now. Uh, it used to be teachers would want to teach, teach knowledge, teach kids, teach young people how to think critically. Now you have all these teachers uh, uh, upset uh, that they can't talk about uh, their 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 romantic partners, uh, that they can't. There are teachers. My, my, my sister told me about a PTA meeting she just returned from. And this is indicative of, of many PTA meetings uh, and, uh, and, and school board meetings where there are teachers who are angry that they can't teach uh, uh, five year olds about the benefits of masturbation. Yeah. I mean, think about that. That is about the teacher, the teacher's wants and desires, and not and not, and not what's, there's, what's there's best for the there's students. There's something not so ironic in the idea of it. Really, if you if you listen, if you talk about oh no, I'm, I'm going to say it. If you talk about masturbation being sort of the ultimate in self indulgence, <laughs> it is ultimately ultimately self indulgent to not want to to be angry that you can't talk about. <laughs> so but no, no, but, but right. again, I, I think Queen Elizabeth, you know, the, from from the 1950s until until <laughs> to, you know the, the 2022, uh, we're in this kind of uh, me right. me culture, but also even worse than that, we're in a uh, do it a, a DIY do it yourself. What yeah. was it? Uh, whereas even religion today, uh, people want to have uh, religion; uh, they want to worship God. Uh, on their own terms. Sure. Yeah. No. Yes, you know, they, 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 they want to follow rules, but not really. They want to uh, on their own terms. Everything is on their own terms. Sure. This is this is the this is the it, reign of relativism. It, it gets it gets it gets listen, it gets into it's very listen. And you and I are not sociologists, um, though we, we do have a fascination with sociology and it gets into the and anthropology, because it gets into you know the upheaval of you talk about the the you know how the 50s and the consumerism of the 50s 
then led into the social revolutions of the 60s. Sure. Again, some good civil rights movement, voting rights, right, et cetera. Yeah. Again, yeah, but, 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 yeah. but, but again, the sort of the, the, you know, the end of the 60s and the, what was termed at one time the free speech movement, when I, though I think that's, that's misapplied, but the anti-war free speech movements really were movements about libertinism and hedonism and self-centeredness. Um, we're going to supplant, you know, God, though, though, interestingly enough, there was a greater interest at the time. If you listen to the music of the time, right, the protest music of the time. You know, so much of it was founded in religious wow. music, and then they well, abandoned it down the road. It's very interesting you say this because um, uh, there really has been, uh, compared to the to the radicals, to the uh, countercultural elites or or the countercultural uh, rebels against the elites in the 1950s and 60s, right? Um, today, the the left progressives they're the new Puritans. Agreed. There's a there's a there's a rise of, of a Puritan Puritanism in America, not based 100%. on faith, not based on scripture, but based upon uh, what my truth is. Uh, you know, how dare you uh, try to uh, put rules down? Look, look at critical race theory. Literally, uh, there are critical race uh, experts who go into school systems and corporate structures and say that things like hard work showing up on time uh these are these are evidences Demand, demanding of, accuracy of, in math jerry right these are evidences of a, of a of a white nationalism or a or a white supremacy and uh, that is something that again a c.s lewis in the 1940s would find so ridiculous so out of out of the realm of of rationale and reason uh but th 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 that's where we live today we live in this self-indulgent uh, everything's about me, my desires, my power uh, that we have. Again, we have a, we have a president who has, and again, not to make everything political, but I think everything is political, a president who has weaponized the Department of Justice. Uh, uh, his uh, one of his predecessors weaponized the IRS. We have the FBI, but, but also, uh, but Jerry, hold on for a second, of, but also you know, has a casual relationship with personal truth. Yeah, I mean, that's right. The, that's the yeah, point. That's, the, that's the, the, the astounding thing is this is a guy whose personal narrative. Now, again, right. It's either, it's either he's lying or he doesn't know. Um, but and let's assume for a moment that he, that he is in full, uh, full uh, possession of his mental faculties. Um, you know, here's a guy who constantly is repeating lies about what he did as a teenager you know, his role in the civil rights movement, sort of reinventing himself. So it, it's, I know he, he yeah. said he marched. Did, yes. did he say he marched with Dr. King? Uh, he said he marched. Yeah. I think he said he marched with Dr. King. I think he said he was arrested in Selma. I mean, yes, the, the, he said, he said that he, he, he was a, uh, you know, a, uh, a, a, a 18 wheel truck driver. Uh, he said that the, uh, the man uh, who was involved in the crash that that yeah. killed his first wife, he he said for decades and decades after that, that he was it, it was a drunk driver. Yeah. It wasn't it was it wasn't a drunk driving incident again. It, 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 he and again, we're picking on Joe Biden, uh, but this is a problem in politics, in corporate boardrooms, uh, honesty. 
look, we can't right. look at the life of Queen Elizabeth and 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 speak truth. That that is her dedication to service, uh, her personal faith. Yes, a complicated, uh, troubled history. The UK uh, with 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 its colonies, with 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 the Irish. But but uh, but on its face and in total, uh, she lived a she lived an important life, a right. good and, life. And, and I, listen, I don't want to gloss over this because you know when Jerry talks about uh, duty and service, and I apologize for any noise that might be in the background here. Um, Anyway, you know, we talk about this. Here is someone who did not have to serve, you know, in World War II, and yet she served. You know, she took up her country's call to arms. She didn't fight because they didn't have female soldiers in World War II, but she served, I believe, as a nurse. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where, and, and it is a family where the men in that family have put on the uniform. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's an important distinction. Yeah. Which again, kind of, we're going to commemorate the, the anniversary of nine 11. Yeah. And I think this is also something that's, a good segue. You're that's, right. that, that's lost. And that is, that is the, the, the putting others first, uh, service. Again, I, I always go back to, uh, the, uh, the firefighters, uh, in lower Manhattan, were writing down little notes where they could on paper to give it, giving it to people who were, yeah. who were, who were staying, uh, staying on the ground floor, uh, saying, uh, you know, goodbye. And I love, I love you to their loved ones. They knew they were going to die. They yeah. knew they were going to die. And yet they went up those stairs anyway. What bothers me is you take that American valor, the greatness of America, that valor, and then, and then you go and you re, re-listen to Joe Biden's uh, speech in Philadelphia, where he, where he says explicitly, if you disagree with him, you are a threat to democracy. Right. A lot of those firefighters from Breezy Point, Queens, uh, from, uh, from Woodlawn and in the Bronx and, and elsewhere, a lot of those, a lot of those firefighters uh, would today be defined as MAGA. You know, it's it's interesting, Jerry, because as we were just talking about this, I don't want to get right into 9-11 quite yet, but we talk about the span of time, right? The the distance between the end of World War II and the start of the, the collapse of sort of traditional Western values, the, 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 the introduction of moral relativism into the common lexicon, right? So the, attack on, the, the attack on the family. Right. World War, exactly. World the rise II, of the state. World War II ends in 1945. And within 25 years, so by 1970, we have that, that point. You know, it's one of those things, I don't know if you've seen the meme that's out there. Uh, someone, someone told me to think back 30 years ago, and I'm thinking yeah. back to the 1970s, and yeah, I realize yeah. it's the 1990s. I do that all the time. You know, yeah. And, and so to put it in perspective, right? So we are now at 21 years past 9-11, right? So today marks the the, the, the 21st anniversary of, of September 11, 2001. You think about that time span, it's roughly the same time span. And so in that period of time, right, we have the firefighters running up, you know, giving notes and running back into the buildings to save people. Right. To, to 2022, where you have the cops in Uvalde refusing to go in to save the school kids in Uvalde, Texas. Yeah, and, and again, that, I, I mean, that, that also is a layered and complicated issue because, 
we don't know. Again, I, 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 I it, it's interesting to me how uh, a mass shooting or a shooting incident will hit the news. Um, uh, so, so long as it uh, promotes a narrative, a sure. progressive narrative, but we never really find out uh, the, uh, uh, the, a lot of information. And there's a right. lot of information we still don't know about that school shooting. But, uh, but, but, but I'll, I'll tell you this, uh, we, you and I raised this. I raised this on my, yeah. on my radio program at WBAL, and that is what impact did the defund the police movement have yeah. on those right. officers right. not right. going in? We can't yeah. go in. What if a bystander is uh, – I mean, the, police now have to uh, check so many – mental boxes before they act uh, that it 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 goes to uh, uh to not acting you know remember the movie um oh my goodness uh, takes place in the bronx montefiore hospital robert de niro uh plays the lead character yeah it's uh, uh, it's robert uh, williams it's yeah it's uh, awakenings awakenings right so so they had some kind of parkinson's disease that their shaking got so extreme that they literally froze and I think that's what we've done to our uh, to our police yes. in this country, where we we have so shaken them, uh, taken away uh, qualified immunity, uh, uh, threatening their families, their homes, threatening them with arrest and, and, and all the rest of it. Uh, and, and also we glorify in this country now we glorify criminals, we, yeah. we glorify criminals. And so so it doesn't surprise me uh, that police officers are, are going to be hesitant uh, before they take action. It's interesting because, again, we talk about the refinement over time. And listen, I, I would say there have been other times where we have glorified criminals. I mean, I think it's... It, not, it's not, we, it, it is different today. I, mean, there was a t- I agree with you. I understand your point. In, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the late 50s, early 60s, uh, the, um, uh, the establishment believed that it was uh, uh, these core issues... Uh, economic issues, and you know, we had the rise of the of the Great Society and and the administrative state and all the rest of it. Until Charles Murray comes around yeah. in the eighties, uh, he wrote "Losing Ground," and he makes the point uh, and proves the point that all these interventions were actually making uh, life worse for the poor and the and the disadvantaged. You know, but, but today we're actually uh, again, you can't put on the news and not see. Uh, some uh, someone violently being thrown onto the subway tracks in New York, or someone—I uh, mean, that's not uh, an example of, of criminals being glorified. But that, but yes and no, right? Because because they are they are not held accountable. They are they are allowed out of jail. They are, okay, and also look look in twenty twenty. What else were those riots? Uh, but a but a movement to to. Uh, to uh, to accentuate and celebrate but I, the I criminal think, class. Okay, but I, I I don't think that. No, I I think that they were that they were an, an excuse that. Well, okay. There so are statues. There are statues of 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 George Floyd around America. Now, what happened to George Floyd? Tragic. He lost his life. But this is a man who was in and out of jail. Uh, involved. Okay, but Jerry. Okay, but, but I, and, I, and we've sainted him. I, but okay, but again, so the 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 they didn't saint him for being a criminal. They sainted him for being killed by police. I, I it, you know, we can get into sort of the the difference. I don't think I think if you asked 
you know, not, if you asked a, a hundred people about George Floyd, a hundred people who support and beatify George Floyd, uh, I think maybe 10% would, would, would know that he was, that he had some kind of criminal background, but, but anyway, where I think we're getting off the point here, what I was going to, what I was going to say is that it, it's interesting to me. You talk about Charles Murray. Um, there was a series of books that I read as a teenager and into my twenties. Um, um, you know, and I, and I say this, it's interesting because the uh, uh, Greg wow. McDonald is they're, they're rebooting the Fletch uh, franchise. Have you seen the trailers <laughs> for this? I have not, but um, uh, I there, there's a, a great deal of debate and discussion in my household. What did you family. think of the original? I love Fletch. Yeah, I, me too, but I'm not sure if that's something I would reboot. Okay. Oh no, no, no. There's a huge clamoring for it. But the thing is that the, that the, the Fletch and this, I'm getting way off field. I'm going right. to bring it all back, but the new Fletch is going to be very similar to the vision that the author Greg McDonald had uh, for Fletch sort of being a flawed prior, you know, a, a flawed uh, a investigative reporter who, who sort of it, it ferrets his way through things. Anyway, my, my point is at the same time, Greg McDonald was writing the Fletch, books and releasing the Fletch books, there was a, a, a movie, the Remo Williams movie. Um, and the Remo Williams movie was based on a series of books by uh, two guys, Richard Sapir and Warren Murphy. It, it, I'm, I, again, I apologize for the dog barking in the background. Um, I, I'm, I'm getting ready to pull a Jerry and I'm going to go outside and punch somebody in the face. So what I do this. Yeah, no, never, 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 never. I defend, I defend uh, I'm defending I, I my defend. house. Well, anyway, is there, is there so, someone outside so your the, studio so here's doing the thing. something they shouldn't? So setting, yeah, they're mowing, they're mowing my lawn. So oh, setting aside, setting aside the the um the the central plot of the Remo Williams books, which is you have this guy who's a a, a former cop who has been trained in this martial art. What the books really are is chock a block full of the sociological and societal um, uh, um, impressions of the authors, Richard Saper and Warren Murphy, especially Warren Murphy. And a lot of this inaction and the collapse of society, um, a, a lot of the, the sort of the unintended consequences of what could have been termed well-intentioned leftist policy are, are all very much predicted by especially Warren Murphy in these books. And I am reminded, for instance, of a particular episode uh, in, in one of the books in which a police precinct in the Bronx is completely paralyzed because of the various public pressures that are out there, whether it's uh, accusations of racism uh, or the racist nature of actually going after criminals or, or, or the, uh, you know, the ancillary impacts on the community of, uh, of, of what might happen if police actually act. And and it essentially postulates a, a a society in which all of these things come to pass that have already come to pass. So I, I highly recommend the Destroyer series of books, uh, especially anything written essentially before 1983. We're going to have to swim back to shore now, though. We're way. Where well, are no, we? No, I don't think I don't think we are right because Jerry, we're back to this issue of, and it really comes down to this issue of service over self whether or not you see yourself as the star of your own story or whether or not you see others, especially God as the star of your story. 
right? This, this idea of if you act as though you are, and right, and this is what we've been taught over the last 40 years, 50 years, you know, and as we descend into moral relativism, that you are the star, uh, that, you know, that, 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 you know, you're the most, right. Do you remember there were PSAs on either channel nine or channel 11 in the, in the seventies and into the eighties, the most important person in the whole wide world is you. And you hardly even know you. You remember these? I'm going to pull them up while you talk. But but this 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 is what we're talking about here. Well, and, and again, just what 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 is needed, and we've talked about this. I've talked about this before, and that is, our hope isn't going to be in some new political movement. Um, you know, I find it very interesting. We're days days past uh, Joe Biden's infamous. Uh, I think infamous uh, 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 speech, Hitler-esque speech at uh, at uh, Philadelphia, and there has yet to be there's yet to be a response from uh, serious Republican leaders. Right. Well, there's no no one uh, again. If that if I were a senator, especially if I were a senator thinking about running for office, I would have in my home state used my political network to gather the crowds, gone to the state house, and I would have denounced Biden. I, I think what's what's equally as bad as Biden giving that speech is the fact that no Republican right. uh, has 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 fought back. Uh, no. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, we see things on Fox News or at National Review. Right. There is no there is no concerted effort. There is no None. organized effort to push back and say this is unacceptable. Um, you know, this this is this is this really is tantamount to encouraging and inviting. Right. I mean, we're talking about insurrection. We're talking about inviting people to riot. At least we were talking about that for a while. Here, Jerry, I want to play this so you don't remember this. Hold on for one second. Here, listen to this. The most important person in the whole wide world is you, and you hardly even know you. The most important person in the whole wide world is you. Come on, we'll show you. Let's find out more about the things you feel and do, because you're the most important person in the world to you. So, so, so there, there you go. I mean, this is. This was a, a PSA that was appearing on TV in the 70s. And I got to tell you something. Listen, they they understood what they were doing in the 1970s. I, I mean, it's different now because there are so many different channels that, that kids can follow. And the, the kids look at things and consume things differently. But in the early 1970s, between, you know, stuff like The Most Important Person and Schoolhouse Rock and Time for Timer, all of those things, a lot of PBS stuff that was created at the time was, was built on the sort of the Marshall McLuhan, you know, let's look at advertising as a way, you know, they, let's build on what we know about advertising and influencing kids. Well, of course. To- and again, it goes, it goes to what, what I said at the start of the program, and that is uh, a post-World War II, our economy right. shifted. Right. It was right. a choice. Uh uh, you know, Madison Avenue, uh, the, the political class made a decision uh, that we had we had to move away from a needs based economy to a desires based economy. And, and but the point being, right, is we'll take those techniques that transitioned us from the needs based economy to the desires based economy and how we market and sell things. We're going to move it into politics and how we package candidates. Sure. Then we're going to move it into how we 
educate kids. And, and again, right. I mean, we can, I, I, I'm not someone who tends to go down the road of saying that this stuff is insidious, right? Cause it, it is insidious. In fact, I think a lot of the bad cultural outcomes that we've seen over the last several years uh, all have their roots uh, in, in, in the fifties and sixties. Listen, I'll say it again. The left uh, is organized in such a way uh, to win. Uh, and they've and they've been they've been organizing uh, all of this. And the funny thing is, every so often we get a glimpse. But you know, every so often we get a glimpse. They they tell the truth. I remember um, again right after the uh, the marriage, uh, the same sex marriage Supreme Court decision, uh, and one of the one of the activists who was involved uh, said, "We don't really care about marriage. It's not about marriage." Uh, this is about and he and, and, and she went, it was a woman. She went on uh, to say that we want we want a culture where sexual rights um, uh, are are seen as more important than your religious rights. Yeah, they I mean, they spoke it out. It has. Sure. And, and again, uh, you know, and, and, and we're in a culture now where uh, where if you if you if you push back against the uh, transgender movement or the LGBTQ, ABC, whatever movement right. is. And again, you know, like they, they, there seems to be this disconnect where, where I can want someone to be free and have a life of dignity, uh, live their life and as they want, I'll, I'll give but you- also don't force me to celebrate exactly. what is essentially your, your religious dogma. Right. So, so, you know, if, if, um, if, I talk about, or, you know, I go when I fill in for Larry O'Connor, I sit in with Larry O'Connor on WMAL and we talk about the ridiculousness of the surgeon general, uh, the, the, the person from, uh, from Pennsylvania or the weird, I want to say it, the weird looking, I don't even know what to call this person. The bald headed guy wearing the dress who is a a senior department of, yeah, I I, I see that person, uh, on social media or, or the, i don't know who that is that a or, real person it's a real person and they really are a senior administration or apparently the person in charge of uh in charge of uh the monkeypox the monkeypox czar is apparently a leather daddy like I, I mean you could not make this up but you know i talk about the the surgeon general or the other person or whatever and and, and because it is truly insane where we are as a society and somehow that makes me transphobic as I, is someone, someone wrote, Oh, when did, when did Larry O'Connor become so transphobic? Well, no, how about we can have differing opinions about things uh, without it becoming transphobia? Um, how about we can, you know, you can't make it up. But again, this is the brilliance of the left, right? Yeah. So, so political opposition has now become a threat to democracy or insurrection. Uh, this is what they're doing. They have everyone, the choir, the progressive choir, everyone from media to academia to Hollywood singing from the same choir book. Uh, the same is true, like you just said. Uh, we can't have a conversation about sexual ethics because if you take a more traditional or biblical view, uh, you are hateful. You have no place to be in the conversation. This is the rise of the new Puritans. If, if, if I say one thing that's true in this podcast today, yeah. and that is, is that progressivism, uh, the politics around it is a religious movement. It's dogma. What was, what was it that uh, Senator Feinstein said to 
Amy uh, Amy uh, Coney Barrett. Uh, the dogma uh, uh, the dogma lives strongly in you. Yeah, or or, or something like, or, or the dogma lives strongly or loudly. The dogma lives loudly in you. And again, there's the there's the left on accident telling us who they really are. The dogma lives strongly in them, and they're using the public school systems. They're using corporate boardrooms. They're using the media. Uh, they're using all means necessary. They're using the military now. Uh, so, all I, all means necessary to uh, to push their preferred uh, world religion. So I, I've I've pulled this up, Jerry. This is Doctor Dimitri Daskalakakis, um, and and this is just you pull up. This is just the straight on first page of the Google image search. Uh, and this is the guy who's in charge of the administration's monkeypox um, uh, uh, response. And he is a well-known, when I say leather daddy, he's a well-known leather daddy. I mean, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that and, and not necessarily even. Well, I mean, why, 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 why do you have to say that for? Um, I mean, why, I mean, there, there are plenty of people of faith who believe that that lifestyle uh, is in rebellion against uh, against the creator of the universe. My, my my point my point is this is is that is that in the end, a we are already at a point where people are are and, and probably with good reason. We again it gets into sort of the general responses to things. We understand how monkeypox is transmitted. Uh, we well, understand well, that for. And, and I know. Let me just say this because you know, again, because I do a lot of healthcare policy stuff. Um, uh, the public health community has completely failed here and they failed here because of politics. Right. Remember this, is, they, this gets into, this gets into the, right, this, Go ahead. I, you know, uh, there were, uh, uh, there were gay celebrations, uh, out, out West a couple, three, four weeks ago. Uh, and, uh, and these celebrations, uh, are known to also have lots of, um, sexual activity, uh, related to them. Okay. Again, you're right. Free people, uh, do what you free people should be able to do what they want. However, uh, the 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 CDC and the uh, HHS and the public health entities uh, did not would not because of the dogma right. tell gay men uh, not not to engage in these sexual activities because of politics. Right. So and, again, and dogma yet, dogma and yet, and yet they are gonna science. and yet they are gonna promote somebody who he may very well be a qualified doctor, a qualified scientist. To, to lead up this effort. But on the other hand, maybe just maybe either you find the guy who doesn't have pictures of his what? pentagram tattoo, or right. how about this? Or if you're going to hire the guy who has, you know, is, is constantly posing in leather and with his, you know, shirt open, exposing his pentagram tattoo, maybe then you go and you embrace the fact that, okay, maybe this really is an epidemic amongst gay men who are having uh, unprotected sex. The bottom line also is, Andrew, you and I are very good friends. We're brothers. You know absolutely nothing about my sexual proclivities. Yes. You know nothing about what happens in the bedroom with my wife, nor with me, with you. And that's thank the way, God, why, well, thank no, no, God for that. My point is, why do I have to know, right? The, the, right. the, the czar, the monkeypox czar. Why do I have to know? Why does he have to make it? known uh what his sexual preferences why are does, why his, does what, a, what his kink is right. why does again a, but, why does a teacher have to do this right We're now at a point in society right where 
if you do not identify somebody by the correct correct pronouns, there are places in America where you can be fined for this. But this is it. This yeah. is the this is the you will be made to care. This right. is the this is no longer politics. This is no longer politics. It's indoctrination. This is indoctrination. Right. This is religion. Again, I've said this on on the air WBAL, and I've gotten some trouble for it. But no person of faith should be sending their kid to public school. Well, this is you know it's funny because that's exactly where I was going to go because the way you, the only way you can because you and I have talked about this and I really don't want this to be another discussion of how we've already lost because I think we've I think we've said that without saying that on this show because um, we are fifty years behind the curve here. But the only way you can push back against the indoctrination of things like the most important person in the whole wide world is you and you hardly even know you <laughs> is by and 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 you know teachers teachers who are interested in sharing their uh their either their relationships with their partners or their lack of relationship with their partners um the only way you can push is is by taking control of your kids education in a very real way yeah and again it's it's it, it is, you know, it's funny because I saw another meme recently about, uh, uh, because it used to be, and it was, a, frankly, there was some validity to the criticism of, well, if you homeschool your kids, let's say 30 years ago, if you were homeschooling your kids, there was a legitimate danger of your kids not being socialized properly. But now, A, homeschooling is much, much more ubiquitous, and there are other ways for you to have your kids interact with other kids, you know, and get that socialization. But in the end, this is part of the point is you, is that parents have to have a role in how their kids are getting socialized. And I, and I also think in, in this, in this era of it's all about me. Um, and we've talked about this uh, parents believe wrongly uh, grownups believe wrongly that their happiness uh, is more important uh, than their children's, uh, 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 priorities. You know, there's myriad stories of, well, I'm divorcing my husband. He's an all right guy, but I really feel like I need to be fulfilled somewhere else. I need to be, I need to move on. I want to experiment. There's all these things I want to do for me. And you know sure. what? Uh, little Johnny and, and, and little Sally, they'll be better off for me doing this. And again, follow the science. Uh, all the data shows us what divorce does to children, sure. what the breakdown of the family does to our culture. But yet we ignore it because the dogma, their dogma, right. their religion, uh, uh, Trump science. I want to get into, we have to get into 9-11, but I, I want to ask you this because we've, we've had a really interesting, I think a really interesting discussion of sociology and, and <laughs> excuse me, trends over time. Um we've talked about the transition of a needs-based society to a desires-based society. I think this plays into it. How much of this also, also, yeah. How, what do you think the interplay is between the transition to a desires-based society and the skewing upwards of adolescence? Right. I mean, it's not just that adolescence is now up to age 26. Well, we we're talk schizophrenic about, on, there, right? But we, but we talk about the man child issue. No, I don't want to talk about the schizophrenia right now. No, 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 no. You misunderstood. What I mean by that is, is that, uh, right, my my daughter could be on my health insurance until age 26. Uh, and we won't let uh, young people smoke until 21. But if you want to set, if you want to transition uh, from male to this female, is, this is not what I'm. This we is not we can do this I, I, at I, an this earlier. This is not age. what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, Jerry, 
is it's it's essentially actually it's an offshoot of the concept of you know 40 is the new 30 50 is the new 40 right. you know now you have sort of the concept of the man child and frankly the woman child where the, you have the delayed adulthood delayed adulthood and 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 where you have you know just just folks our age who act like their kids, who act like their teenagers in ways that our parents certainly did not. You know, I've, I've said this before. It's a, it's a flip side to this idea. You know, we would, I talked about this where my wife and I, for a while, every night would watch old Johnny Carson episodes. And we were always stunned at how people our age looked so much older or, or yeah. you know, or p- people who we thought were in their 80s were in their 60s. And I, I think, you know, on the one hand, yeah, people are healthier now at a later age and they're living longer. But on the other hand, part and parcel of this is, you know, the wine moms. And and um, anyway, dads who go out and play paintball or, or you know, whatever, whatever it is. Well, the- he, I get your point and, 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 you're, and you're correct. I would say this, though, um, you know, you have to embrace life. You have sure. to, you have to like uh, Eric and I, um, we're going to, sh- we're going to start doing this. Um, you know, Sunday, Sunday, obviously is church day, but Sunday for us can be very stressful too, because uh, I have the radio program. Erica is uh, in charge of kids ministry at our church. So we're planning, we're teaching, we're, we're researching. And, you know, so Sunday, really Sunday morning for us feels a little bit, a little bit like work. Yeah. Uh, and so we don't really have a Sabbath on Sunday because we don't rest and worship. Really. We don't, sure. we don't let go. And I, I do think this, I think, I think Americans uh, should better embrace the idea of rest. I don't mean do nothing. I don't mean veg out, but not I vacation, mean, Jerry. I know you don't believe in vacation. No, no, I mean, vacation. Sure, but no, no, my, but <laughs> Hey, I'm part of the problem. I went away I, yes. for, for, you know, for seven, eight days. And I worked every day. My, my point is, is that we need, we, I think that there is a, 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 an in, in, in human nature, uh, a need, a, a need, uh, just like there are the, the rule of gravity. Uh, there needs to be this time when we just let go of our anxieties, let go of our politics, uh, let go of the things that we, we spend the rest of the week worrying and working over and embrace our family, embrace our God, embrace rest. But not again, when I say rest, rest for you could be a hike in the woods. Rest for you uh, could be, uh, you know, uh, curled up with a with a, you know, with a with a bottle of wine and a good book. You know, rest for you. My point, but, but Americans don't rest anymore. Sure, no, we're I, restless. Well, yeah, I, I know I agree with that, but I guess I, I, what I'm really but that's the whole that's the whole delayed adulthood. But they, and then we, you know we, we, have, to, we have to play about, hard. And I'm listen, I'm as guilty of this as anybody, right? You know, you look at the well, you can't see it because I I've got the 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 studio behind me, but you know, in my my old home studio stuff, you know, the stuff that I have on my shelf, or you know, folks who uh, go to you know do cosplay. As as you know, as as forty somethings, fifty somethings. No, but again, my, my, but again, I, I agree with you about delayed adulthood. But I do think that we need to do things that are that are restful, that give us rest, sure. and give us yeah, peace. So give, but give, however, give you joy, bring but bring you closer point, together with your family. Yes. To your point, though, a lot of this delayed adulthood, uh, the uh, you know the 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 mommy wine clubs or the dads going out paintballing and or whatever you know you know guys night out, girls night out. I mean, I'm, I, Eric and I will be married 30 years in February. Uh, I've never had a guy's night out. I've never needed it because I have I have guy friends. And if I want to go out, I go out. Um, 
But this idea that you have to be, be more like a 16-year-old, here's the problem with that. If, if it takes away from your duty, we started talking about, about Queen Elizabeth. If, if your desires uh, uh, robs other people of, of what they, they need, your children, our children need moms and dads. Yes. And if, if, so if, 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 if you want to go out and have affairs and, and live it up uh, and you're abandoning your children, no, they're not going to be better off. See, someone has to tell the truth. The truth is, no, your children are not better off if you get divorced. Well, no, 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 I, I, I agree with just, certainly with that's a, that's something that was very much a matter of discussion in the, uh, in the, in the Royal household to, 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 to say, yeah, well, yeah. To but, uh, again, you know, hey. yeah, yeah. Let's 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 swing it around though, um, and, and because we do need to talk about nine eleven, and we've we've talked a little bit about this in the past. Um, Before we switch, it's something on my heart. I want to say this. Yeah. Because again, you know, people can misconstrue. You say this, you say that, but here's the thing. It's not just. And I want to talk to, you know to to our listeners who are people of faith. This isn't just a worldly problem, right? I mean, in the church, you know how how. I've argued that the church never, never had, did not, in the, over the last 25 years, did not have a good message for, uh, for same sex, people who have same sex attraction for gay people. Um, we went from, we went from, from condemning and hating to, to the other extreme in some instances where we're having, you know, we're having um, a pride month in our church, not our church, but in churches. We, we, and, and part of the reason is, is is that we got marriage wrong. The church, somewhere along the line, the church just started to accept divorce. Yeah. And, ha- and how does the church respond uh, to this other complicated spiritual issue? Uh, and 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 at the same time, you you can't even speak about divorce. A pastor, a priest, is afraid to give a homily or a sermon on divorce uh, because they're afraid. Well, I'm going to lose too many members. And this is it. The church in this country stopped speaking truth to power, and and the, and we've seen what happened to the culture. Sure. Or too many Christians start politics, right? This whole this whole Trump movement. And again, I supported Donald Trump, but the fact of the matter is, Donald Trump isn't a prophet. He's not anointed by God. Uh, all these things that uh, many people of faith said about him, you you were you were applying uh, Christian principles and prophecy uh, to essentially a flawed man who ran for office. Right. And I, I think we need to recenter ourselves. And maybe this is where Sabbath comes in. You know, for those of us uh, who need to be recentered, take time out, well, take time off. And, and, and again, the idea of, of 9-11, there was a moment in time where folks had talked about commemorating 9-11 as a day of national service. I, Andrew, what happened to America right after 9-11? Right, we were. We stood we were, still. We, we yes, and, and we and we 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 grieved. Yes, uh, and we also remembered, but we stood still. I remember going into Manhattan. So I was at the Manhattan Institute. Yeah, uh, at nine eleven, and uh, and we closed down for a week or two. I, I don't remember how long it was, but I remember my first day back in in uh, first day back uh, in, in in Manhattan, and I had to cross over um, had to cross over Fifth Avenue and. Uh, Times Square. Yeah, but and, and if you've been there, you know. If you look straight down, you could you could see that. Oh, yeah. Still, even weeks after, yeah. still the smoke and the oh, yeah. and the debris and everything else. But what struck me my first couple of days back in Manhattan was the silence. Yeah, 
the sign and 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 the and the civility. New York City. Do you realize that I drove in Lower Manhattan after 9/11 and did not hear one honk beep? Yeah. There was a civility. Sure. There was a rest a restfulness. There was a let's 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 grieve together. Let's get over this together. Um, and, and it again, lasted about and it lasted about well at least in DC it lasted about two weeks. Well, but it, but there was yeah. a moment. There was a yeah. moment when we got it right, um, which tells me that we can get it right. That well, that it, it sort of gets down all, to this it's idea, right? I mean, it gets down to this idea of talking about truth and speaking truth. You know, it's it's funny because you talk about the president's speech last week, which which I, I think there's something ironic that it comes so close to the anniversary of 9-11. We talked about this, you and I. Yeah. In fact, the reason why I said, or we said, let's have a 9-11 show was because how horrifying right. is it that the president of the United States waited until September, just some background for our listeners. The Biden administration, the Biden White House has wanted to give this speech for some time now. Yeah. But because of the inflation issues or because of uh, the debacle in, in the Middle East with our surrender there, there, there wasn't a time. Yeah. And so finally they said, look, it's September. The early voting is are, about to begin. Early voting is about to begin. But the president, to me, September, September period is, 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 a, is a month where, where I can't get September 11th out of my mind. Right. And, and Joe Biden chose September to give not arguably the most hateful, hateful, violent, un-American speech well, and, given by any, any sitting and, president. And while it was backtracked, right? There was some backtracking. The next day, right, right. But on the other hand, in the days leading up to the speech, the White House press secretary, yeah. Corinne Jean-Pierre, was echoing all of those sentiments in a very real way and said in a very real way, if you do not agree with what the majority of America agrees with, however you view that, you're an extremist, which is A, insane, B, anti-American, and and C, you know, unconstitutional. But and, and, all and, 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 and at the same time, but, their allies were coordinating, right? They were undermining the the uh, the integrity of the Supreme Court. They were they were challenging the legitimacy of other elected officials, Ron DeSantis and others. This was this was again, folks. This was an all-out effort this, that culminated in the president's speech. And this gets into this issue of pushing back, right? Because you go back to to two thousand one, and you know the president, you know, literally, the, the president goes and 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 works to bring America together. That's the role of the president in times of a national crisis: is to bring Americans together and to give Americans hope that 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 things are going to get better. That's what the president should do. Um, and and again, it was a couple of weeks there where America was together, and then almost immediately the recriminations began to happen. You know, um, a it was the United States' fault. Um, B uh, what was going on with President Bush, and how come the how come the president didn't do this? And all from the same circles, by the way, that are questioning the various legitimacy of American institutions. And in the same way, Republicans were slow to respond. And I can't think, Jerry. Um, 
I can't think of anybody who gave, again, a coordinated, strong response back in 2001. And you, know, you and I were neck, you and I were neck deep in this. Yeah, it's and, funny what you're, what you're saying, because I remember having conversations with you about this. And again, I don't want to I don't want to go down this road, but I have to mention it. Um, part of part of what changed the attitude politically, right, was was uh, was the uh, weapons of mass destruction going into Iraq. It's amazing to me how many uh, how many of those who supported the Iraq war then today denounce it. Yeah. I want to go on the record. It was it was the correct thing, the 100%. right thing to go into Iraq. Hundred uh, percent. What happened was what always happens with with Americans uh, politically managing a war as opposed to militarily managing a war. Uh, the Bush administration wanted to uh, implement the uh, the principle of democracy, and you and I had this conversation. Oh yes, uh, over and over again. You can't have democracy without respect for minorities. You can't have democracy without respect for religious freedom. You can't have democracy without the rule of law, without private property rights, on and on. And so what happened was the Bush administration got the, what's the the cliche, the cart before the horse. But then the left was able to seize on on that. I remember Durbin uh, from the floor of the Senate calling our soldiers murderers. Right. Uh, Dick Durbin, who's now the, the, the Senate whip, you know, he's a Democratic a uh, 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 leadership in this in, in the Senate uh, was uh, said the most horrid things about our soldiers. And and, and more to the point, the White House, you know, this was and to your outside. point, there was no pushback. Well, there was I, no yeah, the, White, yeah, the White House. The White House never articulated a, a, never. a good response. And, and, yeah. and you know, and just to say this in the end, you didn't want to go down this road, but we're but, here. You know, two things, right? Remember, setting aside what was what was found in Iraq, what we what we really knew, what we suspected. Remember that the criticism in September 2001 or October of 2001 was that the Bush administration failed to act. Preemptively. Preemptively. Preemptively to prevent 9-11 from happening. So A, you're faced with that decision of damned if I do and damned if I don't. Well, then I'm going to go and I'm going to prevent another 9-11 and I'm going to go in and do this. And then, of course, there was the other part of this, which is, for, we all seem to forget the Iranian threat, which was still very palpable at the time. And if right. you have United States forces in uh, Afghanistan and United States forces in Iran, uh, I'm sorry, Iraq. United States forces in Iraq, in the middle is Iran. So you've effectively contained Iran and, and, and they have no freedom of movement. But, but, really? but, but my point, and, and again, this is where Republicans have lost it. And I had those conversations. I had conversations with the White House liaison of the conservative movement and begged them to get more aggressive in pushing back on this. Um, and then I had meetings on the issue of democracy versus freedom with folks in the Bush administration, yeah. and they See, were singularly uninterested. Uh, the, the key here, you know, here's your here's the bottom line. Um, and we can talk about 9-11, our personal stories, but let me let me let me bottom line this here. Um, there's always been this progressive movement in the united states always this 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 the 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 the, the where dog where, where politics is dogma yeah in the past up until recently the last five or six years uh 2012 so 10 years in the past they they operated um uh they operated but they were they were they were they were strategic and they were cagey and they hid yeah. they like they their true intentions were always hidden. They're now out. They, they, 
they 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 want to undo America and 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 their and their. But this was also this this movement was very uh, involved in in, in, in in to your point where it only the, the 9-11 spirit only lasts a short period of time. Yeah. Well, here's why. Because because those who understood those in the intelligence community, those at the uh, uh, the various, you know, various administrative state uh, uh, agencies, they knew that 9-11 was Bill Clinton's fault. Yeah. And they knew that if the truth came out about the wall of separation, the Gorlick memo, right? Oh, we yeah. talked about this last week. Yep. Let, 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 folks, I'm going to be clear with you. 9-11 doesn't happen. 9-11 doesn't happen uh, if, the, if, if, the, if the Clinton White House uh, didn't impose uh, 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 political rules on our agencies, number one. Number two, remember, too, Al Gore uh, was at the time manning like this special vice president's program about uh, racial profiling. Yeah. And so, the, you know, so you had the identity politics along with the Gorlick memo, the separation where, where, where foreign intelligence couldn't talk to, to the domestic intelligence. And what happened was the left knew that if the truth got out, it would for, it, it, it would be a, um, it would be a Roosevelt moment. Sure. You know, uh, it would be a great depression moment where, where for the, for, for the next generation, Republicans, for the next generations, Republicans would win the White House. And so what they had to do was they had to, in order to get power, remember the immediacy, right? The, sure. the, the, the desire economy, more, I want more, 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 more power. So what happened was, and I'll say it, the left betrayed America uh, right after 9-11 because they cared more about power than they did about, about, about their obligations well, and, and their duties. You know something, and I'll, I'm going to put a little different spin on it, and I'm going to talk about the, the progressive hatred of America um, because, you know, I just, I remember one singular moment. Now, uh, this is not 9-11 itself. This was several days after 9-11. There was a candlelight vigil around the ellipse at the Capitol. And it was a glorious moment. Um, and as you can imagine, I was one of the idiots who got up on the lip of the, of the reflecting pool there and led people in, in uh, um, renditions of God Bless America and um, America the Beautiful. Um, and it was, it was wonderful. And, and there were moments where the crowd, again, holding candles, was chanting USA, USA. And it didn't matter if you were Democrat or Republican or Libertarian or Green or whatever. We were all there as one people. And we were, we were chanting in support of the United States of America. And I had a conversation, I don't know, a couple of days later, we were at a barbecue at someone's house. And a progressive, a, a progressive husband of a friend of ours was lamenting that moment. I guess they were down at the, uh, uh, they were down at the, the ellipse as well. And he was very upset that we had taken a moment, uh, that people were chanting USA, USA. He was, he was angry about this. And, and I just, and I, and I could not fathom that. And it, and that to me, that was the, that was the moment where I knew that things were going to go back to, um, uh, uh, the, the normal moments. This is someone who was still very angry over the 2000 election. This is someone who hated the United States and was going to use, uh, nine 11 as an excuse to go after and, and further divide America. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's, that, that's again, this, it, it, there's been that theme throughout the show today 
of people using their own parochial interests as a way of driving Americans apart. Um, and, and that's, and that's a problem. I'm sorry, Jerry, go ahead. Sometimes we don't want to speak certain things out because we want to be, we want to be accepted in, in the cocktail circuit. You know, you and I both write and we, and we, and we go on radio programs. We don't want to be labeled as, as extreme this or extreme that, but the truth is, here's the truth. The truth is, is that, um, progressives, have no use for America. And they haven't had a use for America for generations. And they have been plotting and scheming and succeeding at undoing America uh, for 50 years. Yeah. And, and our side is too polite or too stupid, too naive uh, to push back. And again, let me, let me expand it out, Jerry. Yeah. Because I, 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 because it's not, it would be one thing if it were limited to America, um, I think it's less, I don't know anything about Canadian politics, but let's go to West, go to Western Europe and let's talk about whether it's Great Britain and, and, and attempts to undermine Great Britain's commitment to Western liberal democracy yeah. or, or the European Union and the attempts to essentially destroy individual national identities in, in Europe. Sure. Uh, and, and, and what it is, it is it really comes down to, right? It's it's not. I, I, I'm not going to say. Actually, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to say you, that you, is. Hold on, hold on. You make a very good point here about this. Really, is the West. That's exactly it. The West uh, not having, um, not having the courage of its conviction, but, not and, believing and in point, itself. It's two any things, longer. right? It's it's the West. It's it's folks who believe in in Western classical liberalism, Western civilization. Right. And the folks who are fighting against that, who want to see that destroyed for whatever reason. And then there are the enablers who see the destruction of Western civilization as a way of gaining power and controlling populations. Right. And, then, and then there are those who want to be accepted and they want to be celebrated right. and they want they want they want to get invited yeah, the useful to, to the right parties. Yeah. Right. The useful fools that, that are out there. Well, again, I mean, I'm a useful fool at times, too, because there, I find myself on too many instances, too many occasions. Um, saying uh, things like, um, uh, not that there's, there's anything, nothing, not not that there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah, or, yeah. or you know, and, and again, we've lost our sense. There is something wrong with abandoning your family. There is something wrong uh, with uh, when 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 sexuality and as sex a, become become the focus of your life. As as someone as as I've as I've often joked to people who ask, you know, how do you how do you how do you stay married for so long? Don't get divorced. <laughs> let me, let me, let, I, I, something again on my heart. No, it's I, 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 true. It's great. <laughs> when, when I think about this, um, uh, when I think about this, see, and again, I, I'm, my perspective as a Christian, there are too many Christians who believe. Here, here. There are too many Christians who believe <laughs> that because they raised their hand in a church service or because they went to an altar or they said some prayer, they intellectually uh, uh, believe that Jesus is Savior or God is God, right? They, they accept this to be true. But the problem is, is that, that God is not the Lord of their life. Christ isn't the, right. the, the Lord of their life. They haven't fully surrendered. And so I think, you know, Jesus said in the scriptures, you know, uh, many of you will call my name and I will say, you know, uh, uh, get away from me. 
There, there are many people who claim to be Christian only because they have an intellectual understanding or acceptance of, of who Christ is. Remember this, you know, the Bible says it, uh, the devil, demons believe that Jesus is Lord. Yeah. They just don't follow him as Lord. Sure. And I think what we have in America today is we have this kind of do-it-yourself, do-it-yourself culture where, where, where I could be a little bit this or a little bit that. There's really no truth. And not, we're all guilty of it. Again, Republicans, yeah. why, why, haven't, why haven't we've seen a, a, a push from Republicans uh, against this voters are a threat to democracy? Uh, we're undefended. Well, again, but and I guess part of what I've been saying here is that there is a there is a trend here that stretches back. I mean, it stretches back. Certainly, there are instances. Certainly, before nine eleven, but you go back to you go back to to nine eleven, and and certainly the 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 lack of uh, the lack of vociferous defense, the the lack of aggressive uh, advocacy on these points, you know, from the Bush administration onward. And you see again the results today, um, you know, Jerry, because we're, we're running we're running short on time here. What was the last comment on, on yeah. what you just said? Um, George Bush was asked about this years later, George W. Bush, about why he didn't give a better defense of of, of his, his administration's uh, policies and actions in Iraq, and he said that he thought it was beneath the office of the president. Sure, and that's part of our problem too. Where, where we don't want to roll up our sleeves and get into the intellectual fight because we think it's beneath us. Well, because- the, you know, it's, it's, Jerry, it's, it's a, the conversation I had up on Capitol Hill when, when Congress was, and was talking about taking a look, when the Senate was talking about taking a look at the various nonprofit organizations and nonprofit advocacy. And, and I made the statement that nobody, nobody engages in, in research and analysis for research and analysis sake. You know, nobody is, is educating the public on these issues. They're doing it because they want to change and inform the culture. And I'm not going to say the large libertarian think tank that was in the meeting that essentially seeded the ground. I've probably said it before in the past, but essentially, um, you know, one of the major organizations said exactly what you were saying, which is it is beneath us to engage in advocacy on these things. Now, I don't know if they still feel this way or not, but the bottom line here is that when you seed that ground, nature abhors a vacuum and, yeah. and, and, and someone else is going to step in. Um, anyway, so 9-11, uh, you were on the bridge, you were, or well, you were about story, to enter the tunnel. Long story short, uh, the, the night before, on uh, September 10th, um, uh, the Yankees were home, a uh, Yankee home game. Uh, Roger Clemens was on the mound. And uh, I was working at the Manhattan Institute and a buddy of mine had uh, tickets. So we went over to uh, down the Bronx, up the Bronx. We were in Manhattan, we went up to the Bronx and uh, stopped off at a place called Glacken's Irish Bar on 149th Street and Walton Avenue. Mm. Uh, Glacken's is interesting. Uh, Tommy Glacken still owned, owned it at the time, still owns it today, still there today. Uh, but my father went to Glackens in the 1970s. Wow. And here I was, you know, the, you know, uh, 2001 sitting in Glackens. And Glackens, again, on Walton Avenue, very close to Yankee Stadium. You can, you can walk from Glackens up to Yankee Stadium. And, uh, and our tradition had been we'd go to Glackens and, and, uh, and, and have an adult beverage. And then on the way up, there were street vendors and you get a meat on a stick or something on the way to the stadium. Uh, but it started to rain. 
And so we said, you know what, let's hang out here for a bit and, and let's see if the rain, uh, the rain holds up. I think the game ended up being uh, washed out, rained out, which is kind of ironic because the next morning was, you recall, 9-11 was a beautiful blue sky. Oh, yes. And so anyway, uh, I got home really late uh, that, uh, that, that, that night. Um, uh, called Erica, told I was going to be late. Uh, we decided to go into work a little late the next day. I called my boss and say, look, I'm getting home late. Uh, I'm going to be in tomorrow at 10. You know, ah, Jerry, don't worry about it. So got home. And so I was on my way into, into, into Manhattan. There's Glackens. Yep. But there's Glackens. Glackens on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so the next morning I was up, I got up a little late. I was driving in and on the radio, there was all this chatter at, you know, uh, 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 what was it? W, uh, W-O-R. Oh, uh, well, so, w, WPIX and WOR had their, had, well, actually most the, well, 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 1010 wins. I'm sorry. 1010 wins. wins. Yeah, WINS. Listening to W, uh, listen to 1010 wins. And it, uh, there was some black smoke coming from the, from the trade center. And we didn't know what it was. It, they thought it was a, a small Cessna. Small plant, or, yeah, yeah small they, plant they were sending the helicopters over to look, that sort of thing. And so, but by, by the time I got, it was beautiful blue sky. You could see, and you could see the trade, the trade center. It was um, a gorgeous day. Yeah. Gorgeous day. You could see it. It was almost like you could touch it. Anyway, got 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 close to the to, to the tunnel, and uh, and they had, by that time they had closed the tunnel. We got this a massive uh, 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 traffic jam, and I got out of the car. I'm looking up, and sh- and if, there it was, the, yeah. the second plane. Second plane came in, um, hit the tower, orange, you know, explosion, uh, and then well, you know, then I tried to call Erica. This isn't this isn't a, an accident. This is we're being attacked couldn't get through it first because of the the lines were down i ended up and i talked about this before the the folks who were uh there if you've been to the lincoln tunnel you know that they have cones where yeah. depending on depending upon traffic you give lanes over sure. to the other side so we moved some cones around and i said hey look if you if you if you back here i back there you can turn around i can turn around and there was some kind of what was a, a spontaneous order spontaneous order yeah. yeah uh, and we were able to get ourselves out of, 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 of the traffic. And, but on my way home, I, I saw the tower fall. You can, no. you can taste it almost and smell it. Um, got home and I was just spent and my phone wouldn't stop ringing Yeah, because people knew I worked in Manhattan, but I felt, I felt ashamed because I worked, you know, I worked at a, 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 a Vanderbilt, Ave, 40, 41st and Vanderbilt. Sure. You know, so I was, I was blocks away from, from, from what happened. And I ended up literally in those days, we had phones in the wall. I took, I ripped the phone out of the wall, threw out, I threw out the window. Sure. And, wow. uh, and then the days after was uh, funeral, waiting in people's homes, Erica, one of she had a mother's group, and uh, one of one of the one of the mothers, uh, her friends, uh, husband went in that morning to work at the trade center. Uh, didn't come home that night, no. so she waited there. He ended up, you know, he died in nine yeah. eleven. Um, but I remember just just the the days and the weeks after, um, uh, myriad, you know. More, you know, more than a dozen men from my high school died 9 11. Uh, not my year, a, a couple, sure. uh, Annie O'Grady from my year died uh, in the towers, um, and others, uh, two, two guys I played football with died in, in the towers. Um, 
but it was it was just it was it, it was days and days of funerals and being at people's homes because so many people from North Jersey died. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it's, it's one of those things where my mom was working at uh, my, you know, my brother Christopher's school, high school, and they, um, they lost a bunch of, a bunch of parents yeah. uh, that, that, you know, um, that, that day. So I was, I was a CEI, but well, actually, before we move on to CEI, um, I, I still have a hard time going to lower Manhattan. I, by the way, I think it's criminal that that New York State is allowing where America is allowing the 9-11 Memorial Museum to close. I don't know if you've heard that. No. But the 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 nine eleven museum is closing because of COVID. Like they like they 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 can't function. Um and the artifacts I, just so you know, are, by the way, I've only been back one time in 21 years. The artifacts that are there um um are gonna be moved to the New York State Museum up in Albany. But that, but that, that tells you again. I think that's that's commentary on state of our culture. That that shouldn't happen. Sure, I agree. And and and, and 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 I wonder too. Uh, you know, this easy, convenient uh, excuse. There are people who don't want to commemorate nine eleven. Right. And 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 again, I think it's shameful. It goes. It goes. It goes again. I know Rudy Giuliani in the last in the last you know several years has has there's some there's some uh, some some you know some taint on him uh but the fact of the matter is not is, jerry jerry it's not taint it's it's uh it's uh shoe polish <laughs> shoe polish but um the may uh, you know uh, uh bloomberg did a good job after mayor giuliani i i i disagree with bloomberg's nanny statism sure. and uh and 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 that sort of thing but but de blasio and now eric adams it's it's shameful Giuliani and Bloomberg and, and Bloomberg wouldn't let the 9-11 museum close. Down. So, so it's, it's, you know, so I was at CEI, we'd had a board dinner the night before. Um, I came in and, um, you know, was there, I, you know, got in and, and I don't even remember why we had the TV on in Fred's office, but we did. I mean, I think maybe we'd heard what had happened with the first plane, turn the TV on. And of course our good friend, uh, Emily Hargan, yeah. Um, she and I were working together. We were in Fred's office watching the TV and I don't remember which tower it was, but Emily's dad worked in one of the towers. And when the second tower got hit, she, as you can imagine, freaked out and, and couldn't get her down on the phone. And she, um, she went home, uh, and, and rightly so. Uh, and I didn't, you know, I don't have any place to go. So I, I, um, I, there was no real reason for me to go home at that point. My brother was working. I'll say my brother was working at the white house at the time. Um, my brother came over to CEI's offices and we, we watched the city get chaotic and then get eerily quiet, you know, and you can hear planes flying overhead and the sonic booms. And we're dealing with all kinds of rumors Right. Anytime there was a sonic boom around town, folks thought that something else was being bombed. Right. We yeah. we heard that we heard that the State Department had been bombed and the National Weather Service had been bombed and uh, a bunch of other places had been bombed. Uh, we knew about the plane that was uh, either heading towards the Capitol or the White House. Um, oh, and of course, we we heard what had happened at the Pentagon. That was also part of the problem. Um Interestingly enough, my wife was traveling for work. She was on an official military assignment and 
Um, obviously that got, that got canceled and she came home, but she had to drive home. Like she got with people and they rented a car and, and drove home from wherever they were. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 and then, and then I, I drove my brother home, um, and drove past the Pentagon because for whatever reason, you could still drive at least around one side of the Pentagon and, and, and see the hole in, in the side of it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't watch that footage. You know, like I was not going to play the footage today yeah. because I, I, can't, I, I can't watch it without getting emotional. I have. Um, so Erica, the beautiful Erica, my wife, she 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 likes watching true life uh, crime mysteries and, and documentaries. Uh, I can't sit through uh, a 9-11 yeah. documentary. I've never seen any, any of the movies. You know, there was a movie about, uh, I think, um, about the, the the officer who was uh, who was trapped in the rubble. Yeah, there was the Nick Cage movie. I never yeah, saw. Yeah, that. I haven't seen any of them. I just no. can't. Um, you know, it's it's funny. I, I um, the I felt shame that day as well. I mean, I, I mean, people died, and I felt, and I was it was sad, and and uh, there were moments when I was proud of of our troops and our firefighters yeah. and our police. Um, but but there was a lot of shame. Nine Eleven that that they. That they, the our enemies, had 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 attacked us on our on on our shore, and and there was, you know, not 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 that these two events are in any way similar, but I do remember uh, during the January six mob attack on yeah. the Capitol, that that tinge of of shame again, like, and again, if you don't listen to the to this podcast, you know, I don't believe it was a coup, I don't believe it was an insurrection, right. I think it was an ugly mob. Uh, uh, some, 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 some of it was an ugly mob, um, but there was when I was watching that on television, I had that same kind of that same. And I'm not comparing the two. Just be careful here. But I, I did have that tinge, that 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 slight feeling of shame again. And I don't, and I don't think you need to equivocate, Jerry, yeah. or explain. I mean, it it, but it is it is it is what it is. I remember um, um, I, uh, going to the Ridgewood Y a couple three four weeks after, and uh, and Bridget was a baby. I have. Uh, all my, I have five children, um, four of whom are born after 9-11. Bridget was born uh, of July of 2000. So she was a baby uh, when, when, when it happened. Um, but anyway, so I was in a, uh, a daddy and daddy and baby uh, swim class with Bridget. Uh, it wasn't daddy and me, it was, it, was, it was a mommy and me. But me and my buddy Mike and a, a friend sure. of ours uh, did the class together, uh, which, uh, which we were three guys and all the rest sure. were ladies. Anyway, um, after 9-11, when things started to get back to normal again, we went to the Y and the, the, the third person who was with us, he was in the trade center that day. And he was, um, they were told to evacuate. They didn't know what was going on. He had a cup of tea and a bagel. Uh, and he's, you know, he's, he's nonchalant coming down the stairs. Sure. And finally, a firefighter grabbed him and said, put the bagel down, put the tea down and get out of here. And, uh. That firefighter died. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many stories of um, of of the firefighters, of the police officers, literally running into danger. And, and I've I've said this before. I said the thing that gave me great hope afterwards. And it sounds very strange, but a couple of days later, now we went to a wedding the following weekend in D.C., which was you know, wow. odd. Um, but I don't remember. It was a couple of days later, and I'm walking across. Uh, I'm walking down Pennsylvania Avenue in front of the White House. 
and there were people playing street hockey. And I, I actually took great comfort in that because here was this tragic and horrific event that had happened. Um, and, and yet we as a nation were enduring well, and we're about, trying to get th- back to normal. Think about the importance of baseball. When yeah, baseball came back. 100%. Uh, the, uh, the, this is why I'm wearing, wearing my, my, yeah. uh, my Yankee polo shirt. Well, it was, you know, the, the, the Mike Piazza home run, uh, if you're a Met fan, but also the Yankees, man. The Yankees kind of put the nation on their back and sure. carried them. Uh, you had uh, George W. Bush throw out the first pitch. Uh, and, you know, the kind of side story there is, is you know, the, is that Derek Cheater pulled him aside and said, look, <laughs> Mr. President, you, uh, you got to do it from the mound. Because the yeah. president was, was a, he says, no, 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 no. He goes, you, you want to do that. You don't want to, you don't want to yeah. come to the Yankee Stadium. You go to the mound. And, and, and by the way, don't bounce it. Yes. Derek Jeter tell. Uh, yes. But that was. Which reminds me, I've got to go back and finish watching the captain. That was an important moment. Um, I also think that, 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 ba- that baseball broadly, having baseball back uh, was, uh, was healing. And again, it goes to this, this, this broader concept. We've talked about how baseball truly is America's sport and, and how baseball helped us get through the, the yeah. 9-11 crisis. Uh Again, it's, it's all these years later. I, 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 I want to talk about it, but I have a hard time talking about it. I think that, uh, and what breaks my heart is, is that I want people to feel for their country what I, what I feel for America. I'm, I'm, I'm so proud that, yeah. that, that of our history, and, 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 and I believe in American exceptionalism. I believe that our history uh, is, 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 a, is, 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 is triumphal. I think that we are a great nation. And it, it just it hurts me. It hurts and, me that so many is, people don't believe that. This is why a, a great opportunity has been missed to not make September 11th a day of of, of national service. Um, Jerry, listen, we we really we we we've we've run we've run out of time for this. I, right. I don't want to talk about TV stuff because I, I got stuff I want to talk to you about. Um, but I, I think you know we just sort of we I would just want to say use today use September 11th as an opportunity to bring your family closer together or bring the, those you love closer together around you, cherish those moments you, you have with them. Jerry, uh, what do you want people to do? Well, I'm, before I say it, I'm, I, I want to reiterate this. I think it's important to take time for rest and worship. Yeah. Uh, uh, get recharged, um, uh, reprioritize, and, and we have to rededicate ourselves to the truth, which is why you got to find the truth. you got to plant your feet. you got to stand firm. Have a great week, everybody. I am going to say have fun. And please, by all means, stay safe.